Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online, supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along, Richard Cross, Michael Borky over there on the other side of the glass, Brian Scott Rippey, Brian Haydad, everybody in the same place today, big studio, fancy microphones, camera directly in front of me. What's up? Hey, guys. Still says good things with Rebecca Turner up there. Oh. Yeah, that's not us. That's uh, that's her. But normally we're not streaming on video, so we uh, we probably can't complain. Oh. Where, where is it you go to watch that? If you want to, uh, supertalk.tv, is that right? I believe that's right. We'll go with that. Borky, is that what we're going with? Supertalk.tv. Okay, we'll get back to you on the uh, the website for where you. That can is correct. Watch, I figured it out yes. uh, online. Uh, Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing land and all that goes with it for over 100 years. So if you're looking for a recreational piece of land, it wouldn't be a bad place to start because not only can they help you finance the land, might be able to help you find a piece of land for uh, for you, a place that you can hunt, that you can fish, that you can tell everybody else to keep out. Put those posted signs at the front door because you make the rules on your property. Um, or you can be nice and invite friends to come and uh, hang out as well. MSLandBank.com, Mississippi Land Bank. What's up, boys? Happy Thursday. It's good when we're all together. Yeah? I like it. I'm glad that's your opinion. I know. Everybody else is like, eh. <laughs> Uh, oh, they uh, don't get so close to the microphone is what Borky says. Not that far away. Don't be a smart aleck. Borky, what's up? Oh, nothing. Just trying to figure out this camera equipment because you guys are never here. And that's you okay. know. It's okay. You good? I mean, you're there, so I got the most important part right. Fair it's, enough. Is you're on it. So. Okay. Hey, Rippy. What's up? You having a good Thursday? Wonderful. You guys uh, doubled up on the club sandwiches at lunch? Yeah, we did. Hey, Dad copied my order. I went first. You copied my order, sir. And you got mayonnaise, which did, is disgusting. Because I'm not a terrorist. But then you didn't eat the bread crust like you're five years old. I don't like the bread crust on those type of sandwiches. I eat it on other stuff. <laughs> you just accused him of being five for not eating bread crust? That's like my, my kids. Like, Dad cut the crust it. off my sandwich. You he know, didn't I get mayo like... on it. He was like, meat and cheese only, please. And yeah. Mayonnaise is disgusting. Not really. No, not, not really. on a sandwich. I mean, the guy that was at the Redbirds game eating it out of a jar with a spoon. That yeah, wasn't, that was that wasn't mayonnaise. That was pretty disgusting. What do you mean it wasn't mayonnaise? That guy was not eating mayonnaise out of a jar. Sure, he was. He had some vanilla pudding or something. Like no that. way. No, I'm, I'm I'm not buying it. It was absolutely mayonnaise in the heat in the summertime in Memphis. <laughs> Very lardy mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, people use that word to describe me sometimes. Very lardy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Do you have a go-to brand of mayonnaise? Um, 
I don't even think I could name a brand of mayonnaise. I just grab it and squirt it. Like, yeah. I mean, I, you're you're not like. Isn't there, isn't there one called Blue Plate? Blue Plate. Okay. Hellman's. Dukes. I've literally only heard of one of those. I'm sure I've used all three. Miracle Whip. So I don't mayonnaise, look at the brand. It's decidedly not mayonnaise. That's, that's, that's altogether different. Yeah. We uh, we got a bunch to get to this afternoon. College World Series game number three. Last night, a champion was crowned, and it was the Vanderbilt Commodores. And there really was no drama. Uh, Rippy, I, I thought last night as the game was going on about what you said, that it felt like a game where Vanderbilt could very easily win it, like, you know, 13-6. to six. And they score six runs in the fourth inning, and it's never, uh, never really in question. It didn't happen that way, but it was a no drama win for Vanderbilt after what the fourth inning. I think that's kind of when they opened it up. It's so hard to get through that off that lineup unscathed multiple times. Just not going to happen. Michigan was going to have to score seven or eight runs to win the game. Didn't happen. And the plucky Commodores are national champions. Glad to see a break finally go their way. And Borky, people didn't see the um, the sarcasm in your tweet. No, I, I can't decide if people think or if people are stupid or people think I'm stupid because I put on Twitter last night. Obviously, why joking. can't it be both? It's great to see a program like Vanderbilt win a championship against all odds. An underdog story for the ages. A true inspiration. The little angel that could, little engine that could rivaling the miracle on ice. And people thought that I was being serious. Mm-hmm. Well, and I got a lot of, well, actually, they have more scholarships than everybody else. It's like, no way. Serious? Well, thank you for opening my eyes. Here I thought that it, Vanderbilt was just like the 1980 Olympic hockey team and not a team that has all the competitive advantages in the world, and yet nobody talks about them, even on the front page of ESPN this morning. Chris Lowe, who I like a lot, I, wrote a long expose on... Here's how Vanderbilt rose to national champion winners in a baseball powerhouse and why everybody wants to be like Vanderbilt and did not mention the word scholarship one single time. Why is it dancing around? I don't don't think most people really know, and the ones that do know don't really understand. But if you're there covering the the event, writing for the front page of ESPN, don't you think you would know? No. They don't uh, cover uh, baseball the whole year. Like, yeah. not Chris Lowe just showed up to write that yeah. article. He, noted, he doesn't care about baseball. Noted college baseball savant Clay Travis called Tim Corbin's coaching job this year one of the greatest ever. It's like, what are you watching? Yeah. You're not watching. Well, yeah. I mean, ESPN sends two guys who don't cover college baseball the entire year to cover the biggest games of the college baseball season. Wait, who's the second? Eduardo Perez doesn't do. Uh, who's the first? Carl Ravage. He doesn't do any. He's done some college baseball, I thought. Very little. He, he just does probably did series. four or five games throughout the year. I guess I'm thinking of Burke. Oh, Burke? Burke is who one is of the Peter, guys. Who is Peterson's guy during the regular season, I guess is what I'm Tom asking. Hart. Tom Hart. Okay, never mind. And they yeah. had they had one side of the bracket in Omaha, but once you get to the championship, they give it over to Ravage and Perez and, and KP. Yep. I miss the Mike Patrick days. You said that last week. I it don't. just feels like, like I don't know. It there was a time when Mike Patrick was really, really good. He was the voice of college football for a while there. He and, uh, and uh, Mike Gottfried. Well, if you want to go back farther than that, he was the voice of Sunday night football on ESPN. Yeah, you, right. you want to go back to Mike Patrick, Joe Theismann, and... Oh, yeah. oh, I can see him. Big guy. Looks like Craig Stadler. What's his name? I can't think of You're his name. You're not thinking about Deardorff, are you? No, no, no. no, 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 no uh, Paul McGuire. Paul McGuire! Yeah. He does look a little like Craig Stadler. He's a walrus, yeah. yeah. 
Now that was the that was the Sunday night football crew that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sunday night football became an NBC thing, and it was an Al Michaels. It became and, Monday night football. Yes, it became it, the, the uh, premier game. That's uh, absolutely the case. So last night for uh, for Vanderbilt, JJ Bleday had a hit, drove in uh, a run. Uh, Ethan Paul had a couple of hits. Big night for Philip Clark. He was three for four. Another good night on the mound. Mason Hickman, six innings, four hits, ten strikeouts. And uh, Jake Eater followed him to uh, finish out the ballgame. Carl Kaufman finally looked human for uh, for Michigan. Uh, he had not looked as good in his second outing in Omaha, and his third outing was his worst yet. Three innings, three hits, five earned runs, five walks, five strikeouts, and then Jeff Criswell went the uh, the rest of the way. Pretty well played game, no errors by either team. But again, just not much drama. Michigan jumped out to the one nothing lead. Vanderbilt tied it at one in the second. They got three runs in the bottom of the third to make it four to one. It never looked back. Two more runs in the fifth, uh, that pushed it out to six to one, and then seven to one before Michigan put a run on the board in the eighth inning. Vandy got one back, and the Commodores win it in front of uh, just a little bit better than uh, than twenty thousand in the uh, in the game last night. So, look, I know we want to pick apart and do the whole scholarship thing, and and that's relevant, and there is a place that is for that conversation. But also, Vanderbilt's not doing anything illegal. They're absolutely playing within the rules. They're taking advantage of the rules in the same way that big college football powers take advantage of the opportunities that are there for them that aren't there for everybody else. So you take advantage of what you can. It's the second national championship in six years for Vanderbilt. This is a program that a decade and a half ago was an absolute doormat. And last night they capped a season where they won more games than anybody has ever won in the history of the SEC. 59-12. and I get that people don't like Vanderbilt, but that's a pretty impressive accomplishment. Agreed? Yes. You, you, the, the the team itself and what they did is very impressive. When you, especially when you if you just don't don't concern yourself with the circle. What do I always say about this show is I just want to watch the games. So if I just watch the games, yes. Yeah, you're not Sausage Factory guy. Right. So Van, Vanderbilt, what they did on the field is very impressive and, and deserves a lot of uh, of respect. Question on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Did Michigan coach talk bad about travel ball and showcases? Saw something that said he has mostly travel ball and showcase kids on the team. Didn't see, just wondering. All he said was it was expensive. He said it was really expensive and that at Michigan they had taken an approach where they wanted their baseball team to look like the United States, which was diverse. And they had taken some chances on some inner-city kids, and they had a team that um, that looks different. There are more African-Americans on Michigan's team than you see on most college baseball teams. they got guys that can really play. Backage did a great job coaching that Michigan team. And Tim Corbin did a really good job coaching Vanderbilt as well. He's just got a bunch of really, really good players. And it's a little bit of a news flash here. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Vanderbilt's going to be pretty good next year, too. Oh, yeah. Just say it. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm with you on this Thursday afternoon. Weekend just around the corner. Rippy's bailing on us tomorrow. He's going three-day weekend. Leading into 4th of July week. 
no less. Yeah. What? What? I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, but why didn't you just go ahead and take a couple of days off next week also and just roll it into like a big old vacation? Because I'm doing that three weeks later. Yeah. So this is just like a day, like a weekend trip. Are you going to use all your days? Uh, I don't see how I can. Well, then why wouldn't you do that? Like again next week? I'm not telling you to come back, don't come back, whatever. I'm just saying. All right. So this is how I get run off the show. Well, I mean, there is Wally Pip did happen. That flew over my head. You're not familiar with the name Wally Pip? Wait, I don't get the reference. Wow. Wow. Now I feel old. I'm not sure you could be a sports writer. I don't understand. Wally Pip did happen. Wally Pip. Well, his last year in the majors was 1928. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's a historical, it's historical. reference. It's important. You want me to do it? Um, Feel free. Wally Pipp played first base for the Yankees. He missed a, day, a game because of injury. They put in a guy named Lou Gehrig, and he didn't come out for 2,130 straight games. He lost it. So if you lose your job to injury, you've been Wally Pipped. What does it have to do with me taking vacation? I don't understand. You said, you, you said that <laughs> was going to be the way to push you out of the, out of the show. show. I was like, you take a couple you of get days Wally off. Pipped. Wally, you know, Lou Gehrig fills in for you, and bam, you look up, and 20 years later, you still hadn't, you've never played again. You bring your podcast partner in to replace you. Next thing you know, he's on the show. That's why I don't take any days off. Except I didn't injure anything. Oh, God. The bottom line is, he he took a day off. He wasn't on the field. He wasn't in his normal job, in his seat. And Lou Gehrig starts playing, and he never surrendered the position. I'm still going to show up Monday. We'll see what happens from there. Okay. All right. I was just suggesting that you could, you can like steal a vacation day, or a, when when you, never mind. I give up. Did that not make? Did that make sense to anybody else? I caught the reference. Everybody listening and in this room besides him. Okay. Fair enough. Not uh, the greatest analogy, I don't think. Hey, enjoy your weekend though. What are you doing? I am going to Atlanta to see some friends. Yeah? You going to see the Braves? I'm not. They're in New York, as you informed me, after we ate lunch. Are they playing the Yankees or the Mets? Uh, they're playing the Mets. Okay. Therefore, they might actually have a chance to win. Yeah, they should win those games. Yeah, yeah one would think. Oh, they're in first place. Don't, 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 I don't know win. they are. I know they are. And they've been kicking the Cubs in the teeth for the last uh, couple of ball games. My, my wife is so angry, I'm sure. Is she? Yeah. Um. A question on the text line, and I feel like we've done this before, but certainly willing to do it again. Will and Eupora, he says, at some point would y'all be able to break down what exactly they are doing at Vanderbilt with scholarships? Over the last year, I've heard a lot about it, but still don't quite understand exactly how they are able to do it, and most other schools aren't. You may have done this before, and I just missed it. So, Will, here's here's the Cliff Notes version of it. Because Vanderbilt is a private school, they kind of operate under a different set of rules. Um, Vanderbilt has a massive endowment, and there are a lot of private schools. Harvard's one, Stanford's one. There are others that are out there that have need-based aid for all of their students. So tuition, room, books, whatever it costs to go to Vanderbilt, somewhere between sixty dollars and $70,000 a year. And there are a lot of people that can't afford to go to Vanderbilt but somewhere along the way, the, the leadership at Vanderbilt decided to make sure that nobody would be turned away from going to school at Vanderbilt because of financial issues. 
that was an academic thing. It was a general student population thing. Well, when Tim Corbin became the coach at Vanderbilt, he convinced the administration that there was an opportunity for baseball to become good there if they would make a commitment. And as a result, Vanderbilt baseball, in addition to the 11.7 scholarships that they offer, has access to those need-based scholarships as well. So if Tim Corbin has filled out his 11.5 scholarships, give or take, and he goes and finds a kid that um, is from New York City. Let's use Pedro Alvarez, for example. That's that's where you got Pedro Alvarez. Uh, And he says, hey, man, I want you to come play baseball for me at Vanderbilt. And Pedro Alvarez is a great story. Family that cared about him a whole lot. Uh, abandoned warehouse in Brooklyn, I think it was. Brooklyn or Queens. His dad used to throw him BP inside there. They put mattresses on the wall as a backstop. He would hit inside the cage. And, but, but Pedro says, Coach, I can't afford to go to Vanderbilt. I mean, thanks for the offer. I'd love to get the education. I'd love to come play ball for you. And he goes, oh, yeah, you can. i got a full ride for you. And then he can turn around and do the same thing for David Price. And then he can turn around and do the same thing for Dansby Swanson. And so while most schools are playing with 11.7 scholarships or are being helped some by maybe a state lottery system or some sort of a benefit academic aid system that's in place, schools like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Alabama have got no additional help, no additional scholarship funding. In the case of Ole Miss, you've even got very few places where out-of-state tuition is waived. To its credit, Mississippi State has taken a, uh, an approach in recruiting that has helped it. They have uh, they have have highlighted some certain cities and some surrounding states where they were willing to waive out-of-state tuition, and so it's a less expensive proposition for some people to be able to go play baseball at Mississippi State than it is at Ole Miss. The leadership at Ole Miss has focused a ton on the importance of -of out-of-state tuition dollars, and they have been unable or unwilling to waive those out-of-state dollars for athletics because you would have to then also waive them for academics. So if if Mike Bianco, for example, went to uh, Larry Sparks now as the interim chancellor and says, look, we really need some help. We need you to waive out-of-state tuition to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And they go... Heck no, we're not doing that. Do you know how many kids we've got that are coming to school at Ole Miss that are paying out-of-state tuition? We can't lose that just so you can get three more baseball players and you know ha- have them. So I'm kind of, kind of going around the world. So Vanderbilt has this need-based aid that gives them an advantage that theoretically could give Vanderbilt 20 scholarships or 25 scholarships or 35 scholarships, the entire roster size, if that's what they so desired and were able to do. And that's the difference in Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt as a school has committed to doing this. TCU would be an example of a school that's not committed to doing this. I talked with Jim Schlossnagel about this last year. It's 65000 a year to go to TCU. He's working with 11.7 scholarships and maybe a little academic aid, but there's no need-based aid that covers the rest of the deal. And so TCU, it's a monumentally difficult task to bring kids into a private school where they got to pay that much money for tuition and you still don't have scholarships to help. Is that a good explanation? What am I missing in that? Anything? Uh, you, you hit everything, I think. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's did, kinda, did Rice used to do that? Because I remember they played really good ball yeah. back in the day. Yeah, when Wayne Graham was there, Rice uh, took advantage of some of those things that were there. Private school in Houston, and, relatively and, small, and, and they've I, gotten away from that. I've heard that Duke is starting to get into it. Duke has gotten into the game. The last two years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Stanford has done that some. They're maybe not as um, all-in with it as Vanderbilt is. But, I mean, okay, you think about – that's why I said, if you were listening earlier this week, Harvard plays Division One baseball. You tell me why Harvard couldn't be Vanderbilt. They could. I, I don't see any reason that they couldn't. Now, they got to play Ivy League, so they're not going to play, play a great schedule. But there's no reason that Harvard couldn't say – Hey, you're interested in the best education in the entire world? We'll give it to you. We'll pay for your school. It won't cost you a dime. And, oh, by the way, you're going to play baseball. And, yeah, we got to play the Ivy League schedule. But outside the Ivy League schedule, we're going to schedule a series at Mississippi State. We're going to schedule a series at Arkansas. We're going to go play at Texas. And we're going to go play Stanford. Those are going to be our four non-conference weekends before we roll into conference play. And that's going to allow us to have a strength of schedule that even if we don't get the automatic bid out of the Ivy League, we're going to have a strength of schedule that get us an will get us an at-large. We're going to win a national championship in baseball. Harvard could do that. Okay. Northwestern could do that in the Big Ten if they were so inclined. I wonder if this national title will put that kind of thing into motion. The first one didn't seem to, but maybe now that they, now that it's become this this year in year out kind of thing, you'll yeah. see some more teams doing it. Uh, question: Doesn't LSU get lottery money? Yeah, so that's what I was talking about with some of the surrounding states. LSU has a tuition program called Tops, uh, which potentially waives in-state tuition. Uh, Georgia has got the Georgia Lottery. What is it? What is it called in Georgia? It's uh, the Hope, Hope Scholarship. Hope, yeah. Um, I think you graduate high school with a 3.0 or better, and attend a school in state. Uh, then you can go tuition free. Uh, so that gives you and and at a place like Georgia, um, a lot of choices for for yeah. athletes there. And and I got a buddy that pointed out. He said one thing you're missing is that Vandy limits class size. So their money works with their endowments better. I mean, you think about that at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Theoretically, there's no real cap on enrollment, and so you can't provide need-based aid for 20,000 students. Vanderbilt's got an enrollment, what, of 6,000? Yeah. A little easier to do that. Or did you see the music request for you on the uh, ceasefire text line? I did not. Stewart in Guntown says Borky needs to hear Country Honk by the Rolling Stones, a cool alternate version of Honky Tonk Winton, uh, Women. Yeah, I brought the, they played that in this documentary of theirs I watched recently. So yeah. that was the original Honky Tonk Woman was about... Sitting at a bar in Jackson. In Jackson, talking about this one, not Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really cool. They, they sat there and played it. I plan on, in the next couple of weeks, spending a couple of days putting all new music into the system it just takes a while like one song takes like five minutes yeah and during the day I don't have that much time but I, I will here in the near future and that will be I promise one of the new songs I put into the system is the Rolling Stones singing about Jackson can I request a return of uh, Graceland oh Paul, yeah Paul Simon oh yeah we've kind of gotten away from that one I don't think it's in here anymore because I haven't seen it it was uh it was one of the originals Maybe. that's probably why because they have expiration dates on them. 
No, I got you. That might have even been before. That was before me. The uh, the the transformation or the uh, transition to Super Talk. Anyway, um, how good is Vanderbilt? Like, not just in the context of are they the best team this year in college baseball? I think most would agree they are. I'm talking about in a in a a broader context. Is this the best college team ever? Is it the best Vanderbilt team ever? Is it the best SEC team ever? They won more games than any other SEC team has won. They won the SEC regular season, the SEC tournament title, and a national championship. That's a pretty good trifecta, by the way. How often in baseball is... I mean, most everybody projected Vanderbilt to be an Omaha team and a national championship favorite. How often do they? does anybody just run the table like that in baseball? It doesn't happen very often. No, nah, I mean, maybe the, trying to think about those LSU teams back in the 90s might have had some of those, those days like that. Yeah, a few. Yeah. I mean, here's what I always think. I'll make a football analogy. You know, of all the Alabama teams that have been so great since Nick Saban got there, to me the best team he ever had lost three games. It was the 2010 team. They were loaded, and they had no business losing any game they lost, but they did. And so when I think you ask, is this the best team, blah, 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 and Rippy brought this up earlier today, is this the best Vanderbilt team? The better the team with David Price and, and those guys that, that got knocked out by Michigan in their own regional? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And, and and college baseball has changed so much through the last decade or so with the way the bats and the balls have changed. But the last two decades, I guess it's sort of hard to it's 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 like trying to you know put football teams from the '60s against football teams today. So, but that said, like you said, they won 59 games. Yeah, I mean, and you think about how, I'm sure they have a close loss in there somewhere. 60 wins would have been a, an unbelievable feat. Well, and and to your point about taking football teams from different eras, different generations. At the risk of offending somebody, hear me all the way through what I say. Don't hear just part of what I say here. If you took the best team in the country from 1965 and put it on the field against last year's Clemson, last year's Clemson beats that 1965 Alabama or whomever team by four or five touchdowns. At least. Maybe by eight touchdowns. And you go, oh, that's blasphemy, Richard. You didn't see him. No, no, no. Hear what I'm saying. If you took that exact team from 1965 and played it against this exact team from last year in Clemson, it's not close because the athletes are different. You had 227-pound offensive linemen. That doesn't play anymore. Now, you've got running backs that are bigger than that. Now, if you want to say the players on the 1965 Alabama team, and I don't know if 1965 was a vintage Alabama well, year or not. Well, they probably claim that on their, their title. It, I'm, it, I'm pretty sure it's a national championship. It feels like it was pretty good. They had a pretty good run in the mid-60s. If you told me that the 1965 Alabama team was made up, which did win a national championship, what was their record? Uh... Why do you do that? I thought maybe you had more information. Oh, I have that. Hold on. That's fine. I'm getting there. If you tell me that that team was a collection of the best talent that was available at the time, nine one and one. Okay, whatever. And then you push forward, and that group of men 
evolves, don't just take that at face value. I'm not talking evolution here. But the makeup of teams are different. And the build of athletes is different today than it was then. And and so if that team evolves forward, and then you want to say, well, the 1965 Alabama team adjusted for inflation against the 2018 Clemson team, okay, now you got a debate. But don't be the guy that's like, oh, that 1965 team could have killed last year's Clemson team. No, they couldn't have. Nope. That 1965 Alabama team couldn't have beat Mississippi State last year. Couldn't have beaten couldn't, Kansas couldn't last have year. Couldn't have beaten Ole Miss's team last yeah. year. Probably couldn't have beaten winless Arkansas's team from last year. Because it's just a different game, and the body types are physically different. So, I will certainly concede to you that it's difficult to compare eras. It's less so in baseball, though. Yeah, because, because, because pitching is pitch. Kumar Rocker would have been a good pitcher in 1997. Sure, he would have been. Yeah, and JJ Blade hitting 25 home runs now probably is hitting. He's probably challenging Larson and Furness from LSU for the for those numbers. He's probably hitting 35, 40 home runs back then. Well, wouldn't Kumar Rocker have been? I mean, he's already one of the best, but wouldn't he have been just far in a way beyond the best? His pitching's only getting better. That's evolving, just like yeah. Size on football teams. It's fun to look at rosters of NFL rosters in the 1960s because the size difference is just amazing. Isn't the same thing with pitching, too? I mean, we have, if you watch a Major League Baseball game, every single team's got a guy that throws 100. Ten years ago, even, mm-hmm. that was still like, wow. And, and, and even the velocity isn't the thing as much as the movement guys are getting on pitches now. That that, that just didn't happen. You, you didn't see these cutters and the sliders and all that. You just didn't see that back then. The 07 Vanderbilt team had seven guys get to the show. Tell them, who are they? Pedro Alvarez, Nick Cristiani, Cristiani Caleb Cotham, Ryan Flaherty, Mike Miner, David Price, and Josh Zied. Zied? I don't know. I don't remember him. Okay. And then the 2013 team went 26-3 and in the SEC. Okay. And lost, so I'm going to go, lost to Louisville. no, not yeah. the best team. Lost to Louisville in the Super Regional at Vanderbilt. Oh, this 07 team lost to Michigan in a regional. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't have... It was a walk-off home run that Michigan hit off of David Price, I think. I think you're right, yeah. With David Price making his only relief appearance of the either the season or maybe of his career. Yeah. Came in on the ninth, tried to hold him off. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it did not uh, did not work out. David Price would go on to give up a bunch of home runs in the big leagues as well. <laughs> Just saying. What team does he play for and struggles for now? Uh, not the Yankees. That's right. Check out his contract, though. He's doing okay. He's yeah. doing all right. Yeah, it's not altogether bad for uh, for. He's David not Price. making Richard Cross money, but he's doing all right. Oh, eight team had eight big leaguers. Dan in Charleston says Alabama did have the best quarterback in 1965. Guy by the name of Namath. That would play. Yeah, that would play moving forward. Um. All right. So, what's the best college baseball team you've ever seen? Ooh. I saw the 85 MSU team. I knew you were going there. Come I mean, on, what do you man. Want? That's, that's going to be my, always be my first thought. Okay. Uh, 97 LSU Woo. was really, really good. Yeah, they were. Uh, the Florida team a couple years ago that won a national title was very, very good. They just didn't hit. They didn't hit much, but, man. They... Oh, I know they could pitch, and I know they were great defensively. i got to go with those mid-90s LSU teams. I mean, just they legitimately scared you. When, when you came in the ballpark, you knew that if a fastball was left over the plate, it was going to leave. Ole Miss had some good teams. I mean, 0405, those are great, great teams. Just yeah. Like, we've talked about them before. Just done some, 
unlucky in how the postseason played out for them. Yeah. Um, well, especially the 05 team yeah. that, that came up just short against Texas. In 97, you look at Alabama, they were the national runner-up to LSU. They were really good with Roberto Vaz and oh, what was that guy's name? GW or something? I can't remember his name. GW Keller? Is that right? Mm. I can't remember his name. And that's when you had Joe Caruso yeah. at Alabama also. Yeah. Good t- Four SEC West teams in Omaha that year. Richard and Wiggins says, remember Doc Gooden was a phenom throwing fast. Yeah. That was, what, late 80s rolling into the early 90s? Early 80s. Mid-80s. Doc Gooden? Yeah, 80s. He was on the 86 Mets that won the World Series. That's right. He and Clemens were both throwing 96, 97 back then. Those guys could uh, could absolutely go. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm, 601-879-4395. That's the number for the C Spire text line if you would like to jump in and be a part of the conversation. What have we got coming up this afternoon? Well, um, a bunch. We've got a, a bunch to get to. Brian Haydad could barely get himself through lunch today for more than about 30 seconds without talking about the Lakers. Let me tell you, everybody wanted to talk about the Lakers at lunch today. Woo! Nope. No, we didn't. But hey, Dad did. I'm kidding. Maybe we did a little bit. Uh, We'll get to 100 teams in 100 days. We're going to spend some time in the 5 o'clock hour. need you to put your thinking cap on. You can start thinking about this right now. We are going to begin to try and put together an all-time Mississippi college football team. And we're going to start out by talking about quarterbacks. So think about the best quarterbacks that have ever played college football in the state of Mississippi. This will be a fun debate. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. For Talk Mississippi. Were you a break dancer growing up? I was not. Did you ever consider being one? Not one time. You never like even got down on the floor just to see if you could kind of like spin around on your hands? I did not know what that really entails, so no. Yeah? What would it take for uh, us to get you to learn to break dance? Uh, nothing. Like there's nothing we could do to convince you to do that? Or all we'd have to do is ask? I'm probably not break dancing. Okay. Don't look over here. Just, just keep continuing the discussion. Surely there was a point in time where young Brian Haydad tried to bust a move breakdance style. Uh, if he does, he doesn't remember doing it. Well, I mean, you were walking down the hallway of the office earlier today clicking your heels that's again. That's not breakdancing. That's just the heel click. Well, I mean, it was maybe your version of breakdancing. Well, if that's the case, I'm, I'm great at it. Borky, why are we adding breakdancing to the Olympics? <sighs> because they want to attract a, a younger audience, See, apparently. I, okay. I disagree, then. Breakdancing is something from the 80s. How does that attract a younger audience? Just dancing is one thing, but breakdancing to me, I think of Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. What are the details on this? Uh, basically, there's been a push of trying to add new sports. You saw golf was added recently. They've looked at skateboarding, other things in the past, to try to uh, generate a more modern and youthful lineup of sports in the Olympics, and they believe that um, breakdancing will attract a younger demographic to participate in the Olympics, and All it's right. also a sport that doesn't require 
a bunch of stuff. If you look at like the Winter Olympics, for example, to be a Winter Olympian, you have to come from money. You have to be wealthy, right? Because you need a lot of things in order to uh, be a professional skier. Well, their idea is to do things that are world-inclusive, that everybody from every country can do with minimal resources. And so they decided that this would be a good one. And this is the same committee that thought that wrestling was not an Olympic sport anymore. So if it doesn't make sense, that explains why. Um, This from Ben Fisher of the Sports Business Journal. IOC provisionally approves breakdancing as a new medal event at 2024 Paris Olympics, a first in the Olympic Games. Three other sports are also approved. Skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing. Those are also new, but will debut next year in Tokyo. Context on what's driving Olympics thinking on new sports. New additions need to be, one, youth-oriented. Two, small footprint. They don't want the total number of athletes to grow much. So team sports are hard. And number three, they've got to have broad appeal and interest across many countries. Um, Breakdancing is huge in Kazakhstan. Is it? Yeah, massive. All those track suits they wear there are <laughs> conducive to breakdancing. Jeffrey and Tupelo, ceasefire text line, breakdancing, is this a joke? No, no, Jeffrey, it's not a joke. It's a real thing. I don't understand why they, like, not why, how you can, like, reliably award gold medals in sports that are decided by human scores. Well, they do it in figure skating. Gymnastics. Oh. And okay, so you're saying I'm okay. not saying this is exclusive to breakdancing. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like somebody's opinion can decide a gold medal. Objective I, versus subjective. Yeah, when it point. comes to you got winning. a point. You Why not point. just let math decide it? Because uh, you can't assign math to gymnastics. David and Socher says let's add pickleball. It's the dumbest sport ever. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, so we can debate about it. I don't know that it really like outrage that goes along with. Breakdancing being added, I don't know about that. I do question why you would take something away like women's softball. So you take softball away from the Olympics, and then you replace it a couple of years later with breakdancing. Nah, okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're st- and I'm not saying that breakdancing doesn't take athleticism. I mean, some of those guys are unbelievably athletic. You ever been rocking along? Um, in New Orleans, seen the guys that break dance on the street. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Was it right across from uh, Saint? Uh, what, what's the square where they took the Saint statues? Charles, right? Yes. Well, no, no. Wow. What's the square where they took down the statues in New Orleans? I don't remember them taking down the statues. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson Square. Square. Thank that's, you. That's they, they took those down. Some of the statues outside of Jackson Square in New Orleans. Yeah, it was I didn't know it was kind, right there. Kind of a big deal a couple of years ago. You don't remember all the... Anyway. Yeah, that we I think we just went down a different unintended path. But no, it's like that area is where you see kind of in the, like the general Cafe du Monde area. Yeah. You see the guys that are... Right there by the river. Yeah. yeah. Big time break dancers. It's kids. Kids, young adults, whatever. Wildly athletic. But it's still not quite like Running hurdles, no. or sprinting, or decathlon. 
Water polo. What is an Olympic sport? Water polo. Those guys beat each other up. They pull each other under the water. One of the most physically grueling sports you can play. Swimming, diving. There's another one that's uh, subjective for you. All judges' opinions on diving. Why are you anti-Olympics, Rippy? I'm not. I just don't understand the... uh, I don't understand, like, medals and, like, titles being awarded on subjective measures, I guess. I mean, I get that it happens. Boxing is that way, technically, too, if there's no knockout. Again. Yeah. Curling or breakdancing? Jason says, which are you going to watch first? Curling. Curling. Why? Curling is fun to watch. But it only has a cult following because somebody decided, <laughs> look at that, that's an Olympic sport. But Let's if I have that. to choose between curling and breakdancing, I will choose curling. Why now, is breakdancing not more entertaining than curling? Well, I mean, I don't just want to go to more the club. More physically demanding. I mean, I might go to the club. You know, I have a story from which is? Hall, I can't tell. but Breakdancing is oh, more yeah. physically demanding. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. It is. It's more, more of. I know, disrespect intended, but I mean, theoretically, you could be on a curling involved. team. Yeah. You could be on a curling team. I, I could. I could. Yeah. I don't think you, you should... could be on a breakdance squad. What are your sweep skills like? I, I, yeah, I keep a clean kitchen. Years in the restaurant <laughs> industry, I, I know how to sweep a floor. See, uh, he's already halfway there. Yeah, but but so okay. So where I was I going like back to this, <laughs> I don't necessarily understand outrage, as it pertains to breakdancing is added because there are lots th- of dumb Olympic sports. Just of, wait till they add video is, games. This is starting about to fall under Rippy's uh, screaming in the void. No one is actually outraged. Our text line suggests otherwise. But they're not actually as, outraged. They're not outraged, but they're definitely calling it stupid and how it doesn't make sense. Just wait until they add, air quotes, e-sports to the Olympic lineup. You'll see some outrage. That is coming. Without a doubt, that is coming. I just hope NCAA football is back on the on the list by then, and we can compete then. I could be an Olympian. Put break dancing on ice, and I'll watch every time. They have ice dancing. Ceasefire yeah, text line. Love curling. Not the same. Olympics needs bowling if it doesn't already have it. Don't believe it does. Pete Weber, gold medalist. Uh. I'm not sure what this means. You could come the 11th, but I'll be working Monday to Thursday. Are you going to see your dad first, or going to uh, get that gel? <laughs> I think we got. I think we got a. Uh, Do you think that was intended for us? Yeah. No. Apply that gel heavily. Yeah. Uh, give me Street Fighter in the Olympics over 90 percent of the winter sports. Uh, Joey says he misses when sports are sports and business was business. Uh, okay, what's the sport that you'd like to see added to the Olympics? Didn't they take baseball away? They did? Baseball. I like baseball in the Olympics. Yeah. Baseball belongs in the Olympics. Certainly like that. Give me an off-the-radar sports you'd like to see. Are you for esports in the Olympics, Borky? I, I think so, yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a widespread competition. At the end of the day, it is a skill-based thing. I don't know. I, look, if we're adding golf and we're adding... Uh, like trampoline and all of that stuff. Why is trampoline an Olympic sport, and why would it be taboo to have? I don't have a problem. Esports in there. You know one that I'm surprised isn't hasn't had a push to get in. Ultimate fighting. Mm. I mean, you have because boxing, you, you, you have judo. You couldn't do back to back fights. Uh, you, That's a good point. Yeah, one fight do it in boxing, messes though. you up. It's also not legal some places. It just got legalized in France. Ah, okay. That says a lot about France more than it does anybody else. Here's a vote for NASCAR in the Olympics. <laughs> we, America would dominate that. Are you kidding me? USA. Are there any foreign NASCAR drivers? 
I mean, uh, I know we've got four in the Formula One drivers. The guy, the guy from Ricky Bobby's. Former IndyCar drivers. Formula One is sick. Uh, they had this new push to put it on TV more. There's a Netflix documentary that came out about it, and now like the ratings are through the roof because of Netflix, but Formula One is awesome. Yeah. Well, what do we care if we add 15 more sports to the Olympics? I don't care. We would still dominate, Adam, so why not? Sure. More opportunities for gold medals. We love gold. Space that medal count out even more. I mean, am I going to revere the guy that wins a breakdancing gold in the same way that I revere the guy that wins pole vault? We're going to on the show. The gold Probably medal. not. Right now. I'd rather hear from the breakdancing guy if the breakdancing gold medal guy is from the U.S., let's get him on the show. Okay, I'm good with that. Philip and Stark will suggest mullet toss. <laughs> Florabama. U.S. Olympic prelims at Florabama, <laughs> no doubt. We'll be back. All right, Rippy, so you say we need a scoreboard to determine champions, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to win a gold medal. Okay? You excited about that? Do I get anything other than the medal? Uh, I mean, endorsement deals if you're wildly handsome and well-spoken Fame and, and glory. interesting. Get. I think I'd rather just get paid. Uh, well, I mean, again, you can do that with uh, endorsement deals. You can, they, you can get paid for that. All right, so there is a task in your life that you are better at than anybody is at that task in their life, and it's going to become an Olympic sport. What is that task? Um... Trying to think of one I can say on air. Out <laughs> of boy, what are the ones off air that That's you not, can... that went a direction? That's not what I meant. Uh, I don't even know what you meant. I just wanted a little more I, explanation. I, I can't. I can't with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I need more time to think on this. I don't know what I'm like d- good at. Snarkiness. Mm. Yeah, sarcasm. I High mean, level sarcasm. That's going to be subjective, though, so he'll be against it. Witty one-liners. I can run through a can of Pringles pretty quickly, like in two or three (laughs) bites. Like, I can take those things like that. An entire can of Pringles in two or three bites? Yeah, it's honestly pretty gross. I don't believe that. I swear. you, Not the miniature can? No, no, the 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 big can. Yeah. I really want to see that. Yes, yes, so do I. Can somebody, if somebody is listening out there in the Super Talk offices, go buy some Pringles? I'm not sure that I think you can eat an entire can of Pringles in seven bites. I could easily do it in seven. I could do it in half that. Over under three and a half. Like a bite? Are you over? You got got to chew it up. That's a bite, right? No, no, no. Like three grabs. Three grabs. Okay. Like you can take a stack, like eight chips at once, and go three. Yes. And you just go, you put, shove it all in your put mouth. Put it on the Palmer home thing. Rippy has to eat a whole can of Pringles. No, I, that's, wait, that's hold, on, hold on, hold on. I just want to see it. That's the you worst can't. idea ever. Oh, wanna, he has to eat Pringles. I get to eat dog food. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's no. the one who came up with Pringles. You Will, came up with Will dog food. Will and Eupora says he's calling your bluff. I don't I don't think he can do it either. Okay, then somebody come bring me some. Can we, can we get somebody to go buy a can of Pringles? Surely. I don't see why not. I mean, it's like somebody that works here has got to go. You want to go do it in the break? I mean, is, hey, Dad, where's the nearest grocery store? They're going to sell a full. A, I mean, I'm there's sure a gas, gas station. station. They won't sell a full can of Pringles. Oh thing. yeah, they do. Sure they do. <laughs> All right, I'll go look. Okay. 
We'll cover for you like while you're away. Five o'clock rush hour traffic. I'll be back by the end of the show. There's guys. a gas station. I mean, right. I know right where it here. is. So it's not rush hour traffic. It's nah, one it was, turn and send somebody. Well, I'm on the show. Don't we have interns hey, or something? No, no we don't. <laughs> Clearly, Gosh. we don't have interns. Um, we have whoever runs this Twitter account. Where's Gary? <laughs> Gary would do it. Gary, Gary would absolutely get us the twi- the do pringles. it if he's here. Is there a particular flavor you want? Cheesums, pizza, barbecue? What do you want? No, he gets whatever flavor that he's given. Uh, yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't okay. care. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be exciting. We're, Three uh, bites we're for an entire. I'm also really good at chugging water and Gatorade. Okay. See, I feel like I could out. I can out chug any person I've ever encountered. Um. On oh, just water, or are we going with beer there? Anything. Okay. But yeah, beer. So y'all don't believe me? No. I think I could take you. No, no, I meant the On the Pringles? Pringles I absolutely do not believe you. I think I could take you on both of them. I, I, first off, we're, we're, I'm just not seeing this. Give me... This doesn't need to be timed. This is how we're going to get this. Because yeah, but, no, but we no, don't no, have no, a base. No, we don't have to put a time on it. He just said he could eat a, an entire can of Pringles in three bites. It's not possible. So he's going to put like eight chips in his mouth, go... Eight chips again, and then I don't know how many chips are in. More than 24, my friend. Oh, then you're, you're in trouble. There's no way. You, you, you've backed yourself into a corner here. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. How like how many of the mini ones equal a big one? Like three. There's 100 chips in your average no way. Pringles thing. No, 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 he needs no more information. It's he like has, eating a Big Mac at this point. Unequivocally... <laughs> He could eat a can of Pringles in three bites. No, no, no. I said like three, but I could do it. Okay, yeah, like sorry. three. I told you, I didn't think you could do it in seven. Okay, we can go. I could definitely. And you said I could do it. Definitely do it in five. You said half of that. So can we go four? Yes. Okay. I'm just not seeing like the physics of it. What What is our wager here? Um, I get to spear him. No, that's not good. This is a hundred dollar Palmer home bet. What is that like? You gotta donate a hundred if you lose. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's a hundred from one of us going to Palmer Home. Now, We're getting closer look, and closer to Palmer Home. Don't forget when you make home? a donation to charity, you have to make that donation. Wait, can I change? If I win, can I change with Borky ST? Because I'd really like to make him eat poop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> it's going to take a far larger uh, contribution. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect him from? to say that word. Ah. All right. Is four minutes enough time for story time? No, I'm not doing this today. I'm not asking. I'm, I'll tell the story. So, Can we call my roommate? Can we get that? Just, we get don't, just no specifics. We're good. So there was this guy that I knew. That's fine. Tell it that way. I because nobody's going to know <laughs> that it's about you. Okay, well, now you just ruined it. Tell the story. I, I really don't want to, because I don't know if this guy's cruising through Mississippi. The peer pressure like, here is ridiculous. You haven't done anything wrong. Your name is not on a lease. <laughs> you don't live there anymore. He's going to know he was there when there's like 80 Pringles cans in that place. We don't have enough time. Oh, there's plenty of time. Oh, we've got an entire hour left. We, we make time for the class. Okay, okay, let's just eat Twitter poll. Do you want to know about Rippy's living situation? No one wants to know about that. Prior to his current digs. Prior, prior. We have an outdoor pool. It's pretty sweet. You should come check it out. Do you want to know how Rippy got his nickname? The squat nickname? The squat nickname. Had nothing to do with size? Bad bathroom trip. 
Or, or no, the, it wasn't that. I just thought it was like because it rhymes sort of with Scott. I thought that's where we were going no. with it. I actually didn't even make the connection until today at lunch. That I, you were a squatter? Yeah, I thought it came from something else. I'm well, the cat's out of the bag now. I might as well tell it. Um, we, we can't not tell the story now. It just doesn't work that why 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 are you actually that's it we don't have to tell the story yet. You gotta tell me why it is that you're so reticent to tell this story. Because I mean, are the, you genuinely convinced that there's a legal repercussion coming back on you? I don't know, I'm not a lawyer. Your mom is. Yeah, and I don't want to put that to the test. I've already used that a couple times. Um <laughs> oh, you went to Ole Miss, fantastic. you must know a lawyer. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, I mean I've already asked her about that a couple times. I know. I just don't see any legal issue that you've got here. There isn't you, one. You didn't, you didn't break the law. You didn't steal anything. Your name never was signed onto anything. All right, how about this? I'll call the other guy during the break. If he's cool with it, I'll let it rip in the last last segment. Well, why would we name the other guy? Well, I'm not naming him. I understand that, but what would what problem would he have it with could this? Be tie, they could tie him together. This somewhere. is his deal, not mine. That's the offer I'm putting down. Well, you can put down whatever offer you want. I'm going to tell the story if you don't. I just think it would be better told by you. Sports Talk Mississippi, 601-879-4395. Hopefully, Rippy's going to get off the phone here shortly. This is turning into a great Rippy segment. We've got a Pringle bet with $100 on the line for Palmer I didn't even tell you what I would do. I'm glad one way or the other. And we're waiting on clearance to tell the story about Rippy's living situation in recent months. David says if he loses the Pringle bet, he has to eat the dog food with me. Ugh. How is Oof. that fair? I thought I'd have to pay 100 bucks to charity. I don't want to eat. Nobody wants then to eat. I did retract my part. I'm not changing it. Yeah. Borky's eating food, not poop. <laughs> <laughs> dog food. I just want to let everybody know that there is nothing no, that's no, going to we're, we're, we're in the business of raising money, and so the deal is you eat a can of Pringles in four bites or less. I'm 100 bucks into Palmer Home. You, you take have to more. Okay, do I have to keep it down? I don't care what you do with it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like any other eating them. contest. There can be no reversal of fortune. That's really outside of my control for really thinking about <laughs> well, it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. you gotta get. You got to eat the entire can of Pringles down in four bites in order to it's, not lose the it's bet. It's like on The Office when they made Dwight eat all those saltines. That's impossible. I've tried that. Yeah, it can't be done. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Palmer Home, we will be there before long at all as uh, Super Talk Mississippi will once again have the Palmer Home for Mississippi, uh, Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. It is absolutely one of the best days of the entire year here at uh, at Super Talk Mississippi. It's not just for sports talk, it's the entire day. It's Gallo to start the day, it's JT, it's Rebecca, and we're going to raise a lot of money. And there's some cool new stuff to learn about Palmer Home, as they've now got a new home. Every year, children across Mississippi need a loving home. Many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances. That's why we need your help. 7th Annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon will be Thursday, July 25th, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You'll find how Palmer Home for Children rescues and restores children, a faith-based organization that takes no government money, so we need your help. If you've got something that you'd like to donate that could be auctioned off during the Radiothon, let us know by emailing donate at supertalk.fm. 
We're waiting on clearance for Rippy to tell a story, and uh, we need a can of Pringles. That's when we come back in the Renaissance Bank studio. Upon advice from legal counsel and the pleadings of those involved, the story will stay in the archive for another day. It'll be told one day. I feel like it's been built up too much at this point anyway. Like it's lost a little bit of his luster. It's possible. Uh, Eric, though, says that if uh, Rippy eats a can of Pringles in four bites, he's in for $100 to Palmer home. That's uh, Eric... In Mabin, Mississippi. Well, what we're going to do is, Rippy has gone to get the Pringles. Yes. So when he comes back, we will periscope him eating the Pringles, and we can all see for ourselves what happens. Okay. That'll be good. Is that going to happen on air? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm for this. Um, 601-879-4395 is the number for you to be a part of the show. That's on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Hey, I got a question. Tell it. If yesterday, or even like two hours ago, you had somebody had said, hey, there's going to be an eating challenge live on the show today. How much money would you have bet that it was me that was involved? Um, seems like a reasonable... <laughs> it's not. I'm not the one involved. Would have been a reasonable guess. How exciting is that? Uh, tomorrow on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you'll hear an interview with former NFL head coach John Fox. That's In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Each Thursday and Friday, 1 to 2 on most of these Super Talk stations. On demand at supertalk.fm. Available everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. That'll be fun. Um, John Fox took Carolina and Denver, and Denver to Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a... It's like the Buck Showalter of the NFL. Like, yeah. He took him to the Super Bowl, couldn't win it, and then didn't. Uh, and then the next guy in won behind him. Or yeah. Carolina hasn't won one, but still. It's kind of a low-key, really successful NFL coach. Yeah, his tenure in Chicago sort of, sort of soured on people. Yeah. But he's not there now. No, no, no. But he, like, he was on the way out the door, and, and it wasn't good. Yeah. Is there a surprise team in the NFL this year? That's a. I mean, you just <laughs> dropped that one on me. Um, the Browns don't qualify anymore. So. Atlanta. Why would you do that? Why? Why? Why would you even do that? I think Atlanta could be really good. I think, honestly, I think Carolina could be very good if Cam Newton's healthy. But Atlanta had some offensive line issues and they drafted away from those. They are maybe the best in all of football at wide receiver. They very well could be pretty darn good this year. Like San Diego as well. <laughs> San Diego. Uh, the Chargers. Yeah. The L.A. Chargers. I'm trying to make get, get context from this. Tweet from Stuart Mandel. Baker Mayfield. Okay. It's a rivalry. But this is just bizarre. You're an NFL commentator ripping on a college quarterback. There's video of Terry Bradshaw saying about Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger, he ain't that good. What, what, why do you have a sitting NFL commentator just randomly taking shots at a guy that's playing college football this year? And when you look, he's at the background, he's at some law tech fun- function. Why was this brought up? I don't know. I guess maybe somebody asked him, like, who are some college quarterbacks? Because they have 
Don't they play each other? La Tech and Texas? Is that on the schedule this year? We're about to find out. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M I S S. Got to get a little more uh, context. Yeah, in game one. Yeah, game one. Yeah. That's why. Okay. So you got Terry Bradshaw going after the quarterback of the. See, but people Texas get mad Longhorns. about. It. I mean, what do you think Terry Bradshaw is? This is what's crazy. The same thing with Lavar Ball on ESPN. Lavar Ball says something a little crazy, and it's oh my god, can you believe that Lavar Ball said that to that woman on ESPN? Well, yeah, because he's a crazy person. Terry Bradshaw is Terry Bradshaw, so he rips on Texas's quarterback in front of a bunch of Louisiana Tech people who play them in Week One. Why are we supposed to be like, oh, this crosses a line? Crazy Terry Bradshaw had a football opinion that's a little bit off. Why? What else did you expect? Yeah, Levar Ball is your problem now. By the way, speaking of Levar Ball, who's no longer affiliated with the Los Angeles Lakers, that's your correct. Lakers now have uh, a chance to be a three-man team instead of a two-man team, right? Getting better every day. Well, is there going to be any Kuzma. money left so to pay anybody? Well, they'll figure it out. I bet everybody. We were sports talk was having this discussion. When the big three got together in Miami, the players will come. Okay, and they still have Kuzma. So they got four guys. But I mean, like, is there literally any money left? There's a. They'll have a couple of mid-level exemptions, and they'll they'll have a rook. They have the second round guy they picked, and what they need to do, and they may not, because Rob Polinka doesn't know how to run a franchise. It says after the guy created a third max slot today. On his second try. It doesn't matter. It got done. He didn't do the math on the Plus first one correctly. It doesn't matter. It got done. It, it got cost done. him more in the long run. It cost, it cost him, him his entire future. It cost him player, their entire future. Anyway, my, the point being, I, I, I don't think they need to go get another Max guy considering they do have to fill a roster. And you're not just winning games with Davis and LeBron and Kuzma one other dude, and then a bunch of league minimum guys. I think they should use that $30 million. Who did the Heat have other than the big three? They should use that $30 million. Mike Miller, right? So another one of those guys. Oh, they had some dudes. Okay. Udonis Haslam? What do you mean, come on? come on? I just named two really good NBA players, and you get me, come on. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. If you're a farmer, need to buy equipment, Want to uh, buy a piece of property to enlarge the size of the farm? Maybe it's um, uh, that you need to refinance an existing loan, or maybe you need to get your production loans squared away. A Mississippi Land Bank can uh, can help with that. Uh, Not a farmer? Need to build a dream house in the country? Or maybe you're buying a piece of property to put a cabin on, or a shop, or a barn? Or maybe you just need a recreational piece of property for hunting land? Mississippi Land Bank can do all of those things. If you go to their website, mslandbank.com, then you can find branch locations scattered across North Mississippi. You can also get phone numbers, and you can reach out to them, talk to them about the needs that you have, and Mississippi Land Bank can help. That's why we say that they know the lay of the land. Uh, I think where we are headed is going to be fun. 
and uh, we're going to spend some time on this in the uh, the coming weeks, I guess. I, I think we'll kind of stretch it out a little bit. Right now, it's time for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. You can log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can also check out the Expedition, the Explorer, the Ford Edge. Maybe it's one of the cars that you're looking for if you're in the military or are former military or you're a first responder. Extra special savings of you from uh, now through uh, just after the 4th of July. So stop by and test drive one today. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We are going moving forward to try to put together the all-time Mississippi college football team. Are we going first? Are we going starters only? Or are we going to put together a first team, second team? I say starters only for Star- now. Starters only, yeah. I okay. Agree. Actually, you know what? Let's do two. I'll record them. Two, so, so two for each position. Two for each position. So we're going to so starter and a back. We're going to be doing these polls. It'll be first and second place. There you go. Okay. I, I like fine. that. Your okay. first place vote getter is your first team. Will be your first team, all Mississippi college football team. And you want just college career. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to walk through position groups. And we are going to give you some names. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about some stats. We're going to debate a little bit. May get some memories. We may even bring some people in to, to talk about some careers from times gone by. Uh, kind of to whet your appetite for college football and maybe give us all a little bit of a history lesson. We're going to start at the easy spot because it's a position that I think people know the most about, and that's quarterback. And so today for the college football fix and moving forward, we're going to try and put together this all-time Mississippi team and think about the debate that begins at quarterback. So let's just go names first. Who are the names, Haydad from Mississippi State, that would be in the conversation for greatest quarterback of all time. Is there is there a second name? I think there's only really one. I mean, okay. somebody might say Jackie Parker, but I'm, I'm not going to go there. Dak Prescott is the only name for Mississippi State for me. So Dak Prescott's the only one that deserves mentioning? For, for me, yeah. No John Bond on there? Not amongst the all-time greats. Okay. Um, for Southern Miss, it seems pretty cut and dry that it's Brett Favre. You can make a case for Reggie Collier. I'm, I'm, I'm sure some older USM fans would, but Brett Favre seems to be the correct answer. By the way, Dak Prescott in his college career played in uh, 12 games in 2012 in his freshman season, uh, 11 games in 2013. As a junior in 2014, he played in 13 games, same thing in 2015 as well. A career completion percentage of 628 9,376 passing yards, 70 touchdowns, and just 23 interceptions. And on top of that, um, Dak Prescott had 2,521 rushing yards. Best rushing season was his junior year when he ran for 986 yards and 14 touchdowns. 
Those are Dak Prescott's numbers that kind of get him into this conversation. Brett Favre's the guy you go with at Southern Miss. We'll get to Ole Miss in a second. Um, You mentioned Willie Totten Mm -hmm. when you and I were talking earlier. Mm -hmm. Give me a little more there. Uh, I mean, played in that incredible satellite offense with Jerry Rice. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have Jerry Rice. Uh, Threw for almost 4,600 yards as a senior. Jerry Rice's name will come up down the line. I I bet it's in there, yeah. I I, I think. You think about 4,600 yards in 1984? That is probably like 6,000 yards today. Uh, Just the the way football is different. Um, Threw for almost 12,000 yards in his career. Uh, One of the, the, the great small or historically black college quarterbacks of all time. Okay. And there's one more in this state, too, that we'll talk about in just a second, I guess. Put it on me. Steve McNair. Got to have Steve McNair on the list. Yes. Um, I, in fact, I was probably going to go with his name last. Steve McNair, in 1991, in 10 games as a freshman, threw for 2,895 yards and 24 touchdowns. As a sophomore... In 92, he threw for 3,541 yards and 29 touchdowns. Took a little bit of a step back in his junior season. 3,197 yards. 22 touchdowns. But that was his second best rushing season when he had 633 yards on the ground. But then as a senior... In 1994, when the full-on Air McNair craze could not be stopped. 612 pass attempts, 356 completions. So Steve McNair did not have the world's greatest completion percentage in 1994. Different game, though. It was good. Different way the DBs were allowed to play on the ball. 58.2% completion percentage as a senior. 5,377 yards, 47 touchdowns, and 128 carries for 904 yards on the ground. That was Steve McNair's last year. Combined 6,281 yards for Steve McNair and 56 touchdowns in his senior campaign. Finished third in the Heisman Trophy rating. He absolutely did. That's got to be the highest for any Mississippian, right? Mm. Thought Eli finished second. Did Eli finish second to Josh White? I thought Eli was third. I think yeah, was Larry Fitzgerald th- I think was, was third. Second, I think. I think Eli okay, Manning also finished third, third okay. that year. Unless, I, unless we're counting like what was it Doc Blanchard or which one of, one of the Army guys from the, way back in the forties was actually from Mississippi and won it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what do you do with the Ole Miss quarterback thing? Archie Manning, altogether different era. Yeah. Stat-wise, Archie Manning, not great. The stats don't, it's just, it's, it's don't just, get you close. It's just a different game, though, like we just said. It is a different game. Can you imagine a healthy Archie Manning in today's college football? Yeah. Um, because Archie Manning had the size to play in today's game. Mm-hmm. He was big enough, strong enough, fast enough. But it was all the other players that weren't necessarily built the same way that uh, that he was at the time. So in his career, 4,753 passing yards, 31 touchdowns. He had the massive game against Scott Hunter. We talked yesterday about that game in 1969, Ole Miss and Alabama. So you have Archie Manning. 
And there are people that saw him play in 68 and 69 and 70 who say, you know, best quarterback I ever saw on the play. Uh, so play. But then you fast forward 30-ish years, and you've got Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. And Eli Manning is, what, top five in SEC history in passing yards? I believe so, yeah. 10,119 yards. Sophomore, junior, senior, 29-48, 3,600. He threw for 31, 21, 29 touchdowns, 81 career touchdowns, 10,119 career yards. And so you look at Eli Manning's numbers, and they don't even compare to Archie Manning's numbers. But I think there's a wild card in the Ole Miss quarterback conversation. That most people would not immediately name, but I think it's a name that deserves merit. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. We'll continue the college football fix after this. All right, Rippy has made it back to the studio. Coming up about 15 minutes from right now, we'll get into the Pringles Challenge. He went with, uh, he had to go buy his own Pringles. There's a Boston College logo on the Pringles, so it all fits in. It all ties into today's show. I think I got a couple of dollars in my backpack. I feel like I should at least pay you for the Pringles. Just, just turn it in with your expenses. For you having uh, had to do that. Um, there are roughly 100 Pringles inside that can. And Brian Scott Rippey has told us that he can eat all of them in four bites. $100. He, he's feeling the pressure over there. Look at $100 on the line for Palmer Home for Children. That That's either going to come out of Brian Scott Rippey's pocket or my pocket. Has to be donated. What are you talking about? It has to be donated. You can't just say you're going to donate something to charity and then yeah, not Yeah, you donate. actually have to you follow through to do with, it. with your word of donating. Yeah. You know, if you play basketball or something. You guys, I mean... Take that tinfoil hat off. Hold on a second. You're tell, you, I, you, you guys are telling me there are people that say no, they're going saying. to donate to charity? I'm just saying is all. Like to a, a charity that helps people in need? I'm just saying. And make a big public spectacle out of it and I, then I, actually don't I am follow just, through on it? I am just saying. Why are you pointing all. that in my direction? I'm just saying is all. You're not a cult you leader? Would, you would be surprised. I'm saying I got a pretty clear record of following through on paying off bets, especially when it comes to charity. So who's this other Ole Miss quarterback? <laughs> so we went Archie Manning, Eli Archie Manning. Eli. What about Chad Kelly? See, you say wild card, and I didn't get to watch Archie play because I'm not that old, uh, even though I feel like it. I didn't get to see Eli in person, but I watched him. Chad Kelly's the best quarterback in modern Ole Miss football history. Since I've been alive almost 30 years, Chad Kelly is the best quarterback to wear an Ole Miss uniform. In two seasons, 2015 and 2016 at Ole Miss, Chad Kelly played in 22 games. He threw for 6,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. And efficiently did it, too. He did that while completing 63.9% of his passes. And he had 841 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns on the ground. He was an underrated runner. He's a very good runner. Yeah. He's a good runner. Yeah. Uh, as a junior, 509 r- uh, rushing yards on 106 carries with 10 touchdowns. 
they tried to run him less uh, in 2016. 332 yards and five touchdowns. All right, so hit us up on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Because we got to get this down to four to make a, a Twitter. You can't do a Twitter poll with five. All right, so we, we need so who's out. We need four names on the Twitter poll. Well, we, we can only pick one for Ole Miss. McNair? McNair is in. He's in regardless. And he'll win. But McNair, Favre. Favre is in regardless. Prescott. Well, hold on, hold on a second now. Is Brett Favre in regardless based on uh, – these are these are college numbers. I, I know. Not NFL numbers. So let's look at the college numbers for Brett Favre. As a freshman in 87, he completed 41% of his passes, and I'm rounding up. Not great. For 1,264 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 13 picks. As a sophomore in 88, 2,271 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 picks. As a junior in 89, he threw for 25-88 with 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. And as a senior in 1990, 1,572 yards, 7 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Yeah. I mean... So in a career of 44 games, he threw 52 touchdown passes and 34 interceptions. In 22 career games, Chad Kelly, who we were talking about just a second ago, threw for 6,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. Different game, though. I mean, what kind of offense did USM run in 89 and 90? Well, I mean, obviously it's different. But, I mean, you just automatically shoe in, put Brett Favre in there, and you're only going four names. I'm trying. trying Well, I thought the idea was to have – to pick one from each of the D1 schools and then no, Steve McNair. Yeah, that, 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 well, that I, I think we need to pick the best four I regardless of school four. or position. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, that was not the workshopped idea earlier. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But we can evolve and let it happen on the fly. Overcome. Adapt. Can't we? We can. Oh, We're we doing can. it right now. So, all right. So, so does Brett Favre make your list? I feel you got me. You got me thinking. You got me thinking that I'm, I'm, do I'm anything to denigrate his legacy as a quarterback. His, his, then his, he does uh, his, his his pro career might be biasing me. Based on the best quarterbacks to ever play college football this in the state hard, of Mississippi, it's a hard cut. Brett Favre is not is top not four. one out. of the top four of He's all out. time. Brett Favre is out. Wow. Okay. There's an argument to be made that he's the best quarterback to ever come from the state of Mississippi. Yeah. When you take his pro career into account, yeah. But if we're oh, talking be, college yeah. only, okay. So, so we got McNair. McNair. McNair is a slam dunk. Okay, so he's in. I, I want to put Chad Kelly in over the two Mannings. Over the over, over one of them. Oh, you gonna y'all can get some some bite back on that? Uh, see, I don't. I, I think most old Miss people would agree with me. Chad Kelly does not get appreciated because of the off the field crap, but on the field he was spectacular. All right, so so you've got I would go Eli for the Ole Miss guy. Well, but we I mean it theoretically could be two Ole Miss it quarterbacks as part of this this four. So Steve McNair, yes. Rippy, do you agree on Chad Kelly? Um, I think he should probably be on there. One of the four best quarterbacks Ooh. in the history of college football in the state of Mississippi. Well, now, now keep in mind. I would ask. He only played in twenty-two games. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no. I was just going to say that I would encourage people to watch the twenty sixteen team. Team was terrible, but like, is there any one player that's ever been asked to do one like more in the offense single handedly and then successfully ever? do it? Yeah, I mean, 
Scott was unreal. And I don't know if longevity, we can take that into account because Cam Newton's one of the greatest college quarterbacks to ever play. We got one season. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get where you're saying that. I'm still going Eli Manning over Chad Kelly. Okay. Tim and Enterprise told us that his four are Chad Kelly, Dak Prescott, Steve McNair, and Eli Manning. Uh, Tucker and Brooks say uh, Brookhaven says House Farvel net poll if you're talking college numbers. He's not. We we kind of talked through it. Dak, Eli McNair, and Kelly. That's from Tucker and Brookhaven. I feel like people pass like or previous to 1995, like the modernization. They're going to get. Yeah, I mean, we're it's really also not a subject, like, subjective argument because you would have no idea how well like Archie Manning would do. We're, we're leaving out guys like option. Jackie Parker for state, like Jake Gibbs and Charlie Connerly. For Ole Miss. And a good bit of people didn't get to see them play. Yeah. I mean, we just don't, That's true. You know. That's fair. Ethan Flat. <laughs> I gave you Michael Henning earlier. Um, uh, Scotty from Pontotoc says that's sacrilegious to put anybody over the Mannings. That's fine. Does Willie Totten go on the list? He, is he one of the best four ever? His, his numbers say that he is. He's, he's got the best numbers of anybody other than McNair. All right. So are you going to put him on the list in front of uh, Dak Prescott? Or Eli Manning. That's, that's this is this is why we they pay us the big bucks here, I guess. All right, so 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 have we gone with two? I'm starting our poll early because I'm going to get the Chad Kelly Eli thing answered. Okay, well we got yeah, 30 minutes. I would say. Yeah. So, right, so, my, my, so Steve uh, McNair, uh, we're going with, and we're not arguing about. Everybody's right, on board with I'm Steve go, McNair. I'm going this way. This is where I'm going. My four. Okay. Prescott. Totten, McNair, Eli Manning. That's my four. Robin Hattiesburg says if Reggie ain't on the list, it's a farce. We do need to look at Reggie Collier's numbers. Uh, we got a tweet that says Bo was better than Chad. Oh, stop. Yeah, going to need some eyeballs on that. Bo Wallace was a good college quarterback. He was a very good college and quarterback. Tough as nails. I mean, he couldn't lift his arm over his head, right, and still played quarterback for a while. Hal says that um, Willie was an inaccurate quarterback with a freak for a wide receiver. Uh, here you go. Listening to the show, anxious to hear wide receivers. Can we mention DeAndre Brown from Southern Mississippi? Okay, hold, hold on. We're, we're, not there yet. we're not there yet. We're going to get to wide receivers and we're going to go, what? I mean, you're going to have six that make the all-time list? Are we going to go three receivers, first team, second team? We'll figure it out. May have to go four receivers. Gracious alive. Um I just Is Dak Prescott a shoe in? He's not a shoe in, but I think he gets in. Okay. I'm in a little bit of a loss on this. We're all in agreement on Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. I think we're in agreement on Chad Kelly. I am not in agreement. You're, you're not in agreement. Is, is it because the sample size isn't big enough or because there's a stigma there? I don't think it's a stigma. I, I would just take Eli Manning over Chad you Kelly. You would take Eli Manning over Chad Kelly? Yeah. Based on what? I just think he's a better – I'm doing a complete eye test here for me. It's, 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 I would just take Eli. If you said I need to win the game, I'm going Eli Manning. Doesn't move as well? I know that. Doesn't have as big an arm. I'm, I'm just telling you, you said 
We need a game-winning drive put together here. I'm going to Eli Manning over Chad. College career yeah. or pro career? Check college career. You sure? Yes, I saw enough of him, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi, Renaissance Bank Studio. Pringles are next. This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank Thursday afternoon weekend just around the corner. Rippy's going to be off tomorrow, so he wanted to get a jump start on his weekend. I'll remind you that on July 25th, that is a Thursday, and that's what, four weeks from today? Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi and the entire Super Talk Mississippi will be live at Palmer Home for the 7th Annual Palmer Home for Children Radio Fund. What does that mean? Why do I tell you that right now? Because... If you say something that is slightly outlandish this time of the year, we're all kind of in the business of trying to figure out how we can raise more money for Palmer Home. And so when you say something on the air, like I can eat an entire can of Pringles, not one of those little mini cans, the full Monty can in three bites, somebody's about to have to pay Palmer Home some money. Well, this was a setup. I wasn't How was it a setup? I wasn't openly bragging about it. You said, what's something you're really good at you wish was an Olympic sport? And I like pondered it for a second. I was like, you know what? I'm really good at eating Pringles in large quantities. And then you're like, all right, you're going to do it for no, charity. No, you said you could do it in like three bites. I was trying to give you a gauge of like how good. Well, well we're about to find out. We're about to find out. So Brian Scott Rippey has uh, gotten up, left his perch. Gone to four different gas stations in search of a can of Pringles. He has gotten a full can of original style Pringles. You can open it now. Yeah, you can open it. Now he had already broken the seal. He, he had broken the seal, I'm but we actually saw him break the seal. There are roughly one hundred Pringles in a can, and so one. He just said this was a bad idea. One hundred dollars <laughs> on the line for Palmer Home. Four bites. <laughs> There is no way he's going to do this. This is fantastic. All right, buddy. Good luck. Oh, boy. Giddy up. Hold on, hold on. So it's, I can... He's pulling, he's pulling stacks like of pipes. <laughs> the can. All right, are you periscoping this? Oh, yeah, this is yeah. live on Periscope right now. He's like a hamburger. He's choking it down. Challenge is over. Well, that didn't work. Still got him. He still got him. He still got him. Okay, that's one bite, and he's halfway through a stack in his hand. Okay, he's chewing. (laughs) Now he's laughing. I did pull up some Pringle. I did pull up some Pringles facts that you will want to know. The original name for Pringles was Newfangled Potato Chips. The creator. Alexander Liepa picked out uh, the name out of a Cincinnati telephone book with the address Pringle Drive, Finneytown, Ohio. Uh, the Pringles tube. Why a tube? Why are Pringles sold in a tube when other... <laughs> Have you got the first bite down? When other crisps are sold in bags. It's because the tube ensures the crisp don't come out broken. They may remain fresh for longer. All right. They're not First greasy, He's good. and you can uh, return to them a, at a later date. I right. portioned that terribly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't even put a dent in these suckers either. This all right, so all he's one, one bite in, and he's half. How many are in that stack in your hand? All right, we went over under four and a half. Can this be a half? 
The over-under was three and a half because you said three. And then, and I then, said like three. And then this I gave you four. scientific thing. Look, I feel like I'm being like pinned to the wall here over just like... Okay, we'll, we'll, can, we can even change the terms of the bet in process. I'm still not convinced seven? he can do it in under seven bites. All right. That's child's Seven play. is good. Let's go. You got one and a long way to go. That's two bites down and about 70 Pringles to go. Uh, Pringles are not potato chips, according to the uh, company. Despite the fact that they were set to be called newfangled potato chips, they aren't actually potato chips. It was argued in a court of law that Pringles aren't potato chips as the only potato content they have. They only have 42% potato content. What is the rest? Um, therefore, they are excluded from the 15% value-added tax for potato chips. Look at this! I'm sure my parents are very proud of me. Um, this is why they sent you to school, right? Yep, yeah, this is why I went to J school. Big um, J journalism right here. Master's degree is really paying off. Yeah. Um, this is how you become a doctor. Greg um, in Nettleton she says, uh, we now know what goes good with a Red Bull. Hard to argue with that. All right, All right. Bite, bite number three. three. I thought, uh, yeah, okay, so that's two. You're two bites in. Two bites in. And I got to get in what? You got five more bites. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was three bites there. Tim says, I like that Rippy, I like Rippy, but he just lost his rear end. That's three. He got down that whole thing in one bite. As a general rule, you get in trouble around here for eating on the air. Right? This is an exception. I we're, think this is an exception. We're getting a lot of engagement here on Periscope, too. How, how, many, how many people are watching on Periscope? Uh, we got close to 100, from what I can tell. Uh, this is tough. That's not very good. Not very. Uh, trust me, that's pretty good for where, where we are. I didn't uh, have Periscopes to tell you. Oh, Okay. It's a so, dude eating so Pringles. You know, we're getting 100 people to watch a guy eat Pringles. It's That's more not interesting. We probably should have put a time limit on this thing because he's we moving at a pretty slow pace. You know the meat sweats? <laughs> That's a real thing? There might be some, potato, some meat in those chips. He said it's only 42%. How many, how many cans are left? Or uh, how many Pringles are left? We're right a little less than halfway. KT Vanderlip on Periscope wants to know, does, he basically is asking a question. He says it's going to be needed. Does one of us know the Heimlich Maneuver? I took CPR in yeah, college. Yeah, I, I know the Heimlich Maneuver. Okay, we're, we're not terribly worried about that. Hey, so here's what we're going to do on the... Uh, My mom texted me that somebody's getting sued if I choke. On the court. <laughs> Did she really? Yeah. Is she going to sue you for being a moron? Right, hold on. Are, there, are there legal grounds <laughs> for that? This is what the bite is. Now, how many are left? Let's look in the can. Oh, he just dropped. Oh, goodness. There's still half this can. Feels like, oh, that's, oh. This is not this going is well. Number four, so. Bite number four is bite coming four. up. I'm going to get a couple more. Yeah, you need to. You need and by the way, he's got to be under seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means he has to do the whole can in six well, bites. If we change the rules, like what we're doing here with the uh, quarterback thing. So, uh, I don't think that this, this quarterback debate can die in one day. Uh, we got some text messages. Somebody said, what about Austin Davis? <laughs> Somebody said, what about Austin Davis as part of the conversation for uh, Southern Miss? By the way, that's bite number four. He's got two bites He's left to get the entire shirt. rest of the can. <laughs> and he is struggling. And his mother, who is an attorney, has threatened to now sue someone if he chokes. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't let him don't let him die. 
This is this is a good I feel like it's this like, is a good sport rippy thing going on. All right, processing uh, nicely. So, so we want to make sure that we don't miss any quarterbacks on this deal. Uh, Austin Davis's name was mentioned. There was somebody else whose name was mentioned um, that came in. There are a bunch of people that brought Bo Wallace up. Uh, I'm impressed. By the way, Eric and Maben says he won't make it in four, but he's donating it anyway. By the way, Eric and Maben. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it was about to it's about to all come up. <laughs> Eric and Maven, by the way, is donating a hundred dollars in your Pringles honor to uh, to Palmer Home. So this is this is going well. He's gonna eat this whole can in seven bites. Uh he has he has two bites remaining to try and get the rest of the can. No, it's under seven. Under seven, okay. That was the deal. It was four. Maybe a sip of water, right? He already would have lost. I'm yeah. giving him a fighter's Maybe. chance. Plus, I want to try and see him choke down a few more Pringles. We're at 69 viewers. That's nice. good. Nice. That's good. Um, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. My God. Stan and Ripley um, suggest John Bond for Mississippi State. Rebel 21, man. Ken and Meridian. This is this is fantastic. He says, I can't see you guys, but the crunching sounds are cracking me up. Now my mom's chirping me. She said, you said four, son. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're talking lawsuits early on, and now we're... Oh, oh that's a... That's that's a, a monster bite. I mean... I think I could do it maybe at seven, but the problem is I'm about two bites away from seeing this again, so... Here we go. <laughs> Number five. This is. I don't know if this is good radio or not, but I have not laughed this hard on this radio show in the history of forever. This is the last time Rippy's ever eaten. Will, this is a sport, by the way. I'm an athlete. Will suggest, and you pour. By the way, you're not getting a gold medal in the Olympics for this, there, buddy. You better reevaluate your best personal talent. You got to admit these bite sizes are fairly impressive. <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. Uh, Will says y'all should make petty bets for the entire duration of the Palmer Home Show. You think that it would uh, raise the most of any show? Tell us what they should be. Well, we already raised the most money of any show, but we are happy to reset the bar. I'm a couple bites away from Borky eating dog poop, so. Wait, why did I? Where did that come from? Since the three o'clock hour, y'all should know that by now. If you hold my phone, I'll go buy him another Red Bull. Okay. Fight number five. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. You can text the show 601-879-4395. We just got a This Is Fantastic Radio. Joey Chestnut would be disappointed, though. That is from Trent in South Tillo. Here's a message that says you guys are acting like fraternity kids. Jeremy in Jackson says, French fried potatoes. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. I don't know if he's going to make it. He's got one bite left to eat the rest of the can. One bite. It's got to be under seven. That was number five he just took. One o'clock. <laughs> Somebody asked this. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll get to camp. some results when we come back. Tim and McGee, thanks for listening. David and Socher suggest John Forcade should be part of the quarterback conversation as well. Oh. Well, the good news is... <coughs> oh... I was going to say, you almost just got the bad news. The good news is, Palmer Home did better than it thought it was going to do. Um, oh, goodness. Rippy is not going to go under seven. 
Would you turn his mic off in case it starts yeah, coming up? I don't know that that would be. It's just being recorded. The best live. radio. Oh yeah, we get the. Uh, so a bunch of you are watching on on Periscope. Uh, if you're just joining us, and you go, what are you talking about? So we were talking about breakdancing in the Olympics earlier, which I said I could not do. I have a friend that can do the worm, though. That's good. Uh, nobody cares. We we just want you to eat more Pringles. You are throwing ones at me as I'm dry heaving Pringles. You're telling me no one cares that I got a friend that can do the worm. Just do you think you could do the worm right now? No, I would get down, and as soon as it hit the ground, it would be. Eh. All right, here we go. All right, last one. Um, so anyway, we were talking about it. Looks like breakdancing is going to be brought in as an Olympic sport. Borky threw out the question. Borky, what was the question that you asked originally? Is there anything in everyday life that you think you're elite at? Okay, anything in everyday life that you are elite at? Rippy had to think for a second, and then he goes. Well, you know, I'm pretty good at eating Pringles. I can eat an entire can in like three bites. And so we challenged him on it. And then he was like, oh, three. I said, you couldn't eat an entire can in seven bites. He goes, I could do it in half of that. And so we sent Rippy to go buy himself a can of Pringles, which, by the way, Hey Dad and I have now covered the cost of. So yeah, no, you're not out of pocket on this. Gee, thanks, Saints. Um, <laughs> trying to be team players. Uh, so... We have gotten Rippy in the Pringle eating business. We decided that we would put a little money on it for Palmer Home. We had a hundred dollar bet. <coughs> Once the Pringle eating began, last one. I say last one. This is to eat the entire can in seven bites. Once the Pringle eating began, Rippy looked in the can. He said, "There's no way I'm doing this in under four. It's crumbs. We'll 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 give you the. I'll allow it. Okay." Uh, Mr. Haydad allowing. So I'm not a hero, by the way. <laughs> he looked in the can after a couple of bites. He's like, there's no way I'm doing this. Can I have the seven? And I said, we'll go under seven. You said it's seven originally. I said, well, but you also broke the original bet once it started. So you're welcome. I said like three. I gave this is a rough chance. estimation. Like, I, I'm not. $100 to Palmer home for me if he ate an entire can of Pringles in under seven bites. Over seven bites, and it came from him. He said, "What if I do it in seven bites?" And we push. His seventh bite is coming up. We got two minutes right this, now. This has got to go. This is one bite, though. You got to get all that. I'm going to give a hundred dollars, and Rippy's going to give a hundred dollars. It's going to be a real bummer if this comes up on the last bite. Real bummer. Here we go. All right. Let me hear the crunch. We got a drum roll. Do you have, have that available? Been working towards this for a while. I can give you a rim shot. Oh, I didn't, thought you were going elsewhere. Um, oh. That's right. Hey, is, he gonna, is, he gonna, is he going to get the last bite in? Crunch, crunch, crunch. I think he's going to make it. we got to drive back to Oxford tonight. Thankfully, not in the same vehicle. If he, I may let him get a head start so I can pull over on the side of the road and check on him. You might want to be able Somewhere around that. Pickens. Periscope that. Are you going to make it? He's going to make it. Oh. It turned quickly there. Just there was see how the, the little his face went from good to bad. He was like, he was like smile, shake He's your like, head oh, into stomach right, rumble. Um, somebody suggested that you should have crushed the Pringles first. I don't think there would have been any way to eat them crushed. Yeah, you need a spoon. I'm an athlete. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh. Translated, I think that was, I'm an athlete. Don't tell me what to do. Already. You're gonna need it. Borky, what's it going to look like when you're eating dog food? Oh my Poop. God. 
Buddy, when that periscope happens, we're going to get thousands watching us. I think he'll be able to do it okay. All right, I did it. I mean, I cooked for myself for four years, you know? It can't be any worse than that. Drink a, drink a sip of water there. So you just got in my pocket for 100 bucks, but you got to pay 100 bucks too, for the push. Ta-da. <laughs> well done. Brian Scott Rippy just ate an entire can of Pringles in seven bites. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's staying down. For now. There we go. There's a little computer-generated round of applause. That wasn't bad. These are the... Uh, if, if you had not gotten the original, if you had had a flavor, would you have had a bigger issue? Yeah, if I cheese them. I think I could have done it in four with the flavor. <laughs> There's no way. I'm sorry. Would that, would, is that a double or nothing that you just requested? In a month or two. Okay. How many carbs? Uh, I want to know. You are. Oh, uh, right, there's a thing right here. There's the nutritional information right here. Hey, overnight, you're welcome to hit us on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M I S S, or you can hit me up. 90 grams. At Richard Cross STM. That's per serving. No, no. That's for the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody, Ross, asked, he said, Where does Romero Miller fit? As an Ole Miss quarterback, I think that's another interesting name to throw in the uh, in the the conversation of the uh, the great quarterbacks. So hit us up overnight as you think about the best quarterbacks to ever play college football in the state of Mississippi. We'll continue that debate tomorrow. Rippy, I think, just earned his day off tomorrow. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.